Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. We're in a series called Let's Go. And if you haven't caught any of the other topics, you're in for a real treat because we are diving deep at some big heart issues. And today's topic is another big one. I don't think it comes as a shock to you when I say we live in a culture where offense is the norm. And what do I mean by that? I think it's pretty normal to be with a group of people and hear others complain and speak negatively. As a culture, it is normal to be easily offended. Someone does something that bugs us, and we have no issue with letting the world know about it. When we are wronged, we want justice for our situation. And if we don't have justice, we are going to tell anyone who will listen about our situation in an effort to feel better. And I know this well because I lived most of my adult life so easily offended. I love great customer service. I love when a business has trained their employees well. And I love when the customer is always right. But this doesn't always happen. And when I would find myself in a customer service situation that was less than excellent, I often took great offense. What was wrong with that person? I can't believe they took my order and didn't even smile. I'm pretty sure that server gave me attitude. It didn't really matter what the situation was. I would be offended. I remember shortly after our second daughter was born. Our first had been potty trained for a long time. And we took the opportunity to go to Ikea as a family. Now, Ikea has this play place. And so as long as your child is between a certain height and fully potty trained, they can go play. So I was so excited. Finally, we could sort of have this free babysitter, kid-free time and walk around Ikea with our newborn in the stroller while our three-year-old played in the play place. Well, I was so excited. I think we stopped at Starbucks on the way, gave my three-year-old a venti water, um, which she proceeded to consume. Uh, I got a coffee and I was so excited to have my coffee as we walked around the store. Well, very shortly into our stroll around Ikea, our pager, our sort of parent buzzer started going off. I was confused by this. What is this thing? Okay, so we have to go back for some reason. Well, it turns out my daughter had peed in one of the um, Ikea areas crawling through a tunnel or something. I was mortified. I was embarrassed for her, embarrassed for myself. Um, But the person who was dealing with us was clearly very annoyed. Now, I don't blame them, right? They didn't come to work that day hoping to clean up someone else's kid's pee. But for me, I was so disappointed. um, And I immediately took offense to the situation. I didn't think the woman who dealt with me was kind enough in the situation. And also, I knew our daughter had been potty trained for like a year, um, and so we had a change of clothes. So we changed her and I said, okay, we're, we're bringing her back. And they said, no, no, no. 
our policy is the kid can't come back. And so I was very upset. Now, I also had just had our second child, so I was probably quite sleep deprived and hormonal, but I remember wanting to speak to a manager and getting really upset. And um, looking back, I can see now how I was simply easily offended in this situation. Now, I was actually in the wrong. I was the one who had given my daughter this giant water before we'd gone into the play place. I also hadn't taken her to the bathroom right beforehand. I think I was probably a bit excited and nervous just to get her in there in the first place and didn't even think that I should take her to the bathroom. So I can see my role in the situation. Now, yes, the woman who was dealing with me could have spoken kinder to me, but um, I really let that entire day and that entire experience get wrecked because I was so easily offended. And um, I was so upset that my expectation of what I thought the day was going to look like when it didn't play out the way I wanted it to, um, I allowed everything to spiral. And I share that story because I think sometimes there are things like that that happen in life, these things that come our way. And regardless of whether or not we are at fault, we can really allow those things to um, wreck our day. And we can allow sort of these um, little seeds of resentment or bitterness or discontentment or frustration or anger, they can all get planted um, in the soil of our hearts. And so um, one thing I found I would often do when I would get offended by any situation is that I would relay my offenses to others. So either through a text, maybe a phone call, often there would be um, a funny Facebook post. I would try to tell the world how I was offended and maybe in a funny way to get some sort of response and commiseration, people saying, you know, kind of joining my cause and my justification. Um, but my favorite was if I was with a group of women, and as we're all sitting around or standing around talking about our lives, if I could share a story of offense. Oh, you know, kind of this one-upping. And, and I think we can do that sometimes as we one-up each other on, well, this happened. Well, this happened to me. And we all have these stories we share. But the thing that happens as we begin to share these stories is we can actually start to physically relive the situation. So it's almost like we are, we're feeling it emotionally and physically. And um, we can put ourselves back in that situation to actually relive this offense. So that little seed that we planted in the soil of our heart, we're actually cultivating that seed as we tell the story. We're helping that grow stronger. So if we planted that seed of frustration or anger, well, we're actually cultivating it as we retell the story. We're reliving that experience and we're just, we're helping that seed grow a little bit stronger. And I think this was something I did for myself all the time without even really thinking about it. And I think that is, it was the norm for me and it's just the norm of our culture. As a, a society, we're easily offended and we, we really don't think a lot of repeating our offenses to others. And when other people share with us their stories of being wronged, we often agree with them and we sort of praise them or build them up for how offended they are. And we kind of demand justice along with them. And sometimes we get it. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't ever stand up for the wrongs in our life. So please don't hear that. I'm just saying there are 
little everyday things that happen in life, and it's easy for our gut response to be offense. And sometimes these things are my fault. So like the case with um, the IKEA situation, um, I had another situation where my oldest was um, going to grade one, and we had a hard time getting her up in the morning, getting out the door and getting to school on time. So this was a really real struggle for us. And I remember this one day, I got her to school on time, but it really felt like uh, a bit of a struggle to get there. And as I was getting her in the door and getting the bags hung up and all that kind of stuff, the teacher had already started lining kids up to go to whatever activity they were off to the gym or something like that. But it made me feel like I was um, behind and I knew I was on time, but it made me feel like I was still late. And so I complained and vented to another mom later on, like kind of like, what's wrong with this teacher? Why is she starting so early? And, and almost like the teacher was doing something wrong when really this offense was just kind of exposing something that I was already feeling really vulnerable about in my own life. And so by turning this into the teacher's um, fault, I was kind of able to put the blame on the teacher for starting so early instead of really taking ownership for my role in it. And I talked about blame in one of the past episodes. So being able to recognize sometimes our offense um, when we blame other people, it really is actually just something that isn't great about us in our own life. And so when I could own that and say, this isn't really the teacher's fault. This is just me needing to get a little more organized in the morning to be able to get out the door and get to school on time. So that is one way for us to be able to um, deal with our offenses is just recognize, do we have a role here? And sometimes it really is the other person's fault. Um, And what do we do then? Because people will irritate us. We will be wronged. Things will go wrong and will not play out the way we planned. Frustrations will arise. Um, But what I have found is that um, when we are offended, we actually begin to build up a hard heart. So we build up kind of some walls around our heart. We don't want that thing to happen again. And what I've found is that um, a hard heart crumbles and breaks, but a soft heart cushions the blows. So I actually looked up the definition of the word cushion. And as a verb, it's something that provides support or protection against impact. So when a fence comes our way, a soft heart is able to be protected because it cushions the blows that come at us from the world. In episode 21, the episode about words I talked about how if we want to change what comes out of our mouth, we have to deal with what's going on in our heart because the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And what is in our heart doesn't just come out of our mouths. It also goes up to our minds. Mark 7.21 says, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. And that word evil in the Greek just means of a bad nature, destructive, troublesome, not such as it ought to be. So that is why I'm spending so much time focusing on what's going on in our hearts. What happens in our hearts comes out of our mouths, but it also goes into our minds. So as we deal with the junk in our hearts, we reap the benefits not only in our words, but also in our mind. One of the theme verses for this podcast is Romans 12 too, which says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through, through 
sorry, by the renewing of your mind. And I want to talk a little bit about the difference between an offended mind and a renewed mind. Now, I'm one of those people who doesn't like having dirty feet. I'm like the princess in the pea when it comes to my feet. A little speck of anything and I want to get it off. And I love wearing flip-flops, but it just means that all summer long, I'm constantly washing my feet. So at one point this summer, we were staying near a beach and we couldn't seem to keep the floor in the place we were staying um, free from sand. And I'd walk along the floor on my bare feet and then I'd have to walk over the garbage can and sort of dust my feet off and wipe my feet clean, then take a few more steps and do the same thing. And my initial thought was, I'm so annoyed at having to wipe the sand off my feet every 10 seconds. But I moved on and thought, wait a minute, I can just wear my flip-flops instead. And that's the difference between an offended mind and a renewed mind. It doesn't mean offense won't come, but a renewed mind doesn't stay there. An offended mind says, I can't believe the server was so rude to me. A renewed mind says, wow, they must be having a bad day to be responding this way. In those cases, what we are able to do is keep a soft heart. Offense tries to come our way, but with a renewed mind, we don't let it attach to us. It's cushioned, like running into a large inflatable bouncy house. It just bounces off. It doesn't stick, which actually helps us experience life more freely and lightly. And just like everything else I've been talking about in this series, it may not come quickly. It's something to be worked on and practiced until it becomes second nature. But also, the transformation all comes from spending time with God. There isn't a formula to renewing our minds, but simply being with the one who made our minds. Ephesians 4.23 says, you are to be made new in the attitude of your minds. My husband, Brendan, told a story recently about how a few years ago, he was taking a master's course at a nearby Bible college, and he was so impressed by the prof that he thought, if I want to be like this guy at 60, I need to develop some of the habits like him today. So some of the things that guy was doing, he's like, I need to start today if I want to become like him in 20 years. At one point, this prof mentioned his daily Bible reading plan. And even though my husband worked full-time in ministry, he wasn't always just reading the Bible for himself. And at that time, I don't think I was reading the Bible at all. So he realized he needed to get serious about reading the Bible just for him, not for planning any Bible studies, but just being in the word just for him. And if you're in ministry or doing anything where you are Connecting with God and then pouring out to other people. It is so key to have this time um, just for yourself. So a few weeks into this rhythm, he was driving home from work and he couldn't park the car because there were some garbage cans in the way. In his mind, he immediately thought, Jacqueline has done this to me. She has tried to sabotage me, to wreck my day. And then he quickly thought, or what if she just left them here by accident? His mind was able to be renewed. He had completely changed his mindset and he attributed it to his daily Bible reading. Now, there was nothing in the Bible that said, if your wife accidentally leaves the garbage cans out, don't blame her. It's not her fault. But he felt like in that moment, he had gone from 
accusing me or thinking sort of this worst case scenario, worst thought about me to being able to think, wait a minute, maybe, maybe that isn't really the case. And I would say that has probably been a key thing for myself as well. Having my mind renewed has just come from spending time in the word. It's really connecting with um, God's word and, and the truth. And he is able to then indwell that into our spirit. So when we are faced with offense, we actually don't have to um, always dig somewhere deeper to be like, what is really going on? But really, um, God is able to use the word that's been planted in us to give us the truth about a situation. So we still have frustrating moments, but rather than living in a place of offense and accusation, we're able to experience the actual renewing of our mind. And this renewing produces love. It produces creativity and problem solving. It produces peace and a sense of calm when we would otherwise be anxious and fearful. And Jesus knew that offenses would come our way. In Luke 17, 1, he says to his disciples, it's impossible that no offenses should come. And I can still get easily offended. I'll give you some examples. When a friend texts me and I'm just put off by her tone, if I receive an email and I don't like the way it's worded, if someone doesn't respond to me the way I think they should, or they don't live up to my expectations, if someone does something or says something that bugs me. Now, I don't want to make this about being better people. This is where legalism can sneak in and it can be about how we should act. But this is not that. This is asking God to have his heart for others. Left to my own devices, I can be an incredibly selfish selfish person where I don't really care about others, how they're feeling or what they're going through. This is about me allowing Christ's heart to grow in mine and his love for others begins to change how I see them and how I respond. So what do I do when I am offended, practically speaking? Well, if I can, I pause. You can't always pause, but when you can, this is a great thing to do. I got an email recently that was not a big deal, but when I read it, I was frustrated. It was from an organization that I volunteer for, and I had emailed somebody asking if they could help solve a problem for me. And it was a matter of when I was volunteering. And so instead of solving my problem, this person emailed back and they were incredibly kind. And they shared with me the system that is in place to solve this particular problem. But I was immediately frustrated. I didn't want to figure out this new system. I hate technology. I just wanted them to solve my problem for me. How rude. I actually wanted to respond back saying something like, well, I'm not volunteering anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to learn this system and and I don't like this and and kind of lay out all my frustrations. But I realized after the fact that I just don't like technology. And they were they were asking something of me, but they were actually acting incredibly wisely. If they had solved my problem for me, instead of showing me how to solve it for myself. I would always turn to them to solve it, right? It's the whole teach a man a fish situation. So thankfully, I did not email back right away. I paused. If I had emailed back right away, I had this entire emotional email ready to go. But because I was able to pause, because I was able to see what was really going on and take a 10,000 foot view instead of what was just happening in that moment, um, I was able to respond 
in a much better way. And this is a huge skill to learn. And like so many other things in the series, this is a co-laboring. We need to own up to our own issues and flaws and be willing to do hard things to change. But we also partner with God to say, what is going on inside me? What's the bigger picture here? Am I simply reacting out of emotion? And this is one of those issues that can seem to be so foreign in our easily offended world. But it is another way you will experience true freedom. When you become aware of this in your own life and you can stop That was an incredibly loud update on my computer. Sorry. Um, Sorry. When you become aware of this in your own life and can stop planting seeds of offense in the soil of your heart, you will be amazed at how much lighter you feel. So begin to pay attention. In what ways do you become easily offended? And the next time you want to share your offense with someone else, don't. Don't allow yourself to relive the drama of the moment and plant a seed of frustration in your heart. I know this is easier said than done. This is really where self-control comes into play. And you can ask yourself, why do I want to tell this story so badly? And it can almost be like scratching an itch that we have. And that can feel the same way about gossip or complaining or other sort of negative um, habits that we may have. But um, just like having a mosquito bite, scratching that mosquito bite is not going to help it heal in any ways. It might feel good for a moment. And that's what it can feel like as we relive our offenses to other people. Instead, just take them to God and say, hey, what's really going on here? How can I respond? How can I let this go? Well, I hope that you have a great week. And I hope that this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.